Why do reporters hang out at the ice cream shop? Well, because that's where the scoops are. Yes! <laughs> Duh! Oh, come on. You got to do better than that. That's like not even as good as a bad dad joke. I'm Whitney Fishburne coming to you from Washington, and I'm with my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace, ordinarily in New York, but still in Maine. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey there. Who are we? Um, We are, (laughs) this is your part. I'm with the looms. Uh, Okay, no, we we are renegades from corporate media who report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We not only want to show you how the media manipulates you into working against your best interests, we want to help you anticipate the cycles and trends in the world so you can see that it is not a random and chaotic place, but part of an ensouled universe where cycles within cycles strongly suggest there is a greater consciousness enfolding us, moving through and around us, a larger intelligence that is more awesome than we humans could ever be, even if we are amazing, and even if we don't understand just what these cosmic impulses are or where they come from. More importantly, we want to encourage you to participate in the unfoldment of what our universe has in store. Okay, so that is who we are. And Whitney wrote that. And it was brilliant. That was great. I love that you just moved right in. That's fantastic. The, it's a larger intelligence and it is more awesome than we humans could ever be. Clearly, there's something out there, something happening. And we are amazing. And we don't ever have to understand what those cosmic impulses are, or where they come from. It doesn't matter. Brava. That was fantastic. Brava. When we warn you or we put your you know, feelers up that Mars is about to do something, stuff is going to happen. And I had said to Elizabeth, hey, what the heck? Salman Rushdie, what in the world? Let's look at his chart. And what on earth? Oh my gosh. I saw his chart and I just was like, I said swear words. I could not believe it. Okay. So you want to start with so, Salman Rushdie? Well, no, 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 I don't. So here's what we have going on this week. By the time you listen, this is what you will have gone through. You will have gone through the planet Uranus, which refers to change, sudden change, seismic shifts, seismic activity, uranium. Okay, so that's not cool. Aviation, technological breakthroughs, freedom, liberation. Uranus turns retrograde on um, so, August 24th. Yeah, so Uranus is retrograde Real already, folks. Real soon. And also, as you are listening to this, Uranus, Venus is going to square Uranus and then oppose Saturn. So we're going to have the energy of values and social expression and women and aesthetics and money is going to be all jangly wangly initially this week. And then there'll be some kind of aggressive outburst on sun Saturday because because Mars will have school square the sun. So there should be some assertive something. And then on Sunday morning, Venus will oppose Saturn and we will all cut our losses and get serious about business and have our budgets cut and, and that, that sort of thing. And then um, what's coming up next until we meet again, stuff to look out for. I mean, th- this week is really intense. Um, we've got a new moon on Saturday in Virgo. Uh, so we all can can get um, sorting through all of the stuff that's happened this week. And as we go into fall, sorting through and and figuring out uh, what you think. Yeah, making and, a plan. Act- making a plan. 
Uh, and Monday, I mean, the first week as we move into September is a pretty light week. Thank God. Thank goodness. It, it sort of, it sort of lightens up a bit. Then Mercury goes stationary retrograde on, depending upon your time zone, September 9th or September 10th. So by the time yeah. we drop our next show, we will be dropping it on a day where Mercury will be stationary retrograde. So we'll tell you all about that. So we're recording this on August 23rd. And so we did not record last week, but we made a lot of predictions about what we thought was going to happen last week. And so I want to remind you of what we said and what actually happened. Um, we said that at the beginning of last week, which coincided to around the 16th and 17th of August, Mars was going to hit 27 degrees of Taurus, meaning it was going to be conjunct a fixed star known as Algol, which is referred to people losing their heads. Uh, we said that Mars would be activating an eclipse that happened on November 19th of 2021, a really, really long lunar eclipse. Uh, and we had a similar lunar eclipse that happened on May 16th at 2525 20, Taurus Scorpio. And so last week, we expected it to be a really big week for President Biden because his sun is at 27 degrees of Scorpio and his Venus is at 28 degrees of Scorpio. So when Mars came around and activated, opposed his sun Venus, we have been saying for months that, you know, this, this time in August was going to be a big deal. Maybe even a BFD, which is what Barack Obama said when President Biden signed something they thought would never happen, but it did, with Mercury in high-functioning Virgo trying to Uranus and Venus in Leo trying Jupiter in Aries. These are superbly fabulous energies for good fortune and doing something nice for other people. And I do have a point. And the point is that he signed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is being looked at as this amazing piece of legislation, technological innovation, doing some things to take care of people, like ex extending healthcare subsidies, being able to begin to negotiate drug prices. This is a bill in climate change, using technological innovation and investing in ways to manage climate change. So that was an amazing piece of legislation that got signed last week under awesome transits. President Biden had a really good week. And predicted. not only that, and not only that, in the horoscope of the chart for the Biden-Harris inauguration, January 2021, transiting Pluto, power resources, is right on the midheaven of that chart. The picture is like they've just put a giant power station at the top of the mountain of this presidential administration. So you've got Pluto on the midheaven and you're saying power and resources. I also, however, <laughs> would read that as extreme duress and a lot of pain and suffering to get those resources implemented. Yeah, not going to argue with that. Okay, yeah. just make sure we're no, on the it's same page it's on extremes. That. You didn't say it was going to be easy. It's, you know, right. it's resistance is futile. You're going to get it done however you have to get it done, but you're going to get it done. And you yeah. asked me a question before we started prepping this show. You said, what about Kirsten Cinema? And what about the what about the thing <laughs> that they couldn't get done with that with the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is, you know, she 
was able to negotiate on behalf of her private equity buddies, this Democrat yeah. with whatever whatever color she feels like doing her hair that week and whatever quirky outfit she's wearing. Her horoscope, is, it's a very interesting dichotomy between this avant-garde persona and then she is cozied up to these traditional old guard interests. She has that tension in her horoscope. She has the tension that we're all experiencing with the Saturn Uranus square that we've been talking about. The tension mm-hmm. between the old guard mm-hmm. and the avant garde. She has that in her own horoscope. You know, which which one's going to prevail? If you listen and if you read any of the stuff that I write, you know that I have a fixation with hierarchy and I have a fixation with end stage capitalism. Let me let me at least just throw this out there. Why private equity kind of gets under my skin is because our geezer legislators either are too corrupt, too stupid, or just basically too stupid to understand how the private equity phenomenon has essentially just taken over the country. It's money that is being leveraged over, I think now two thirds of the sectors of our economy. And so if you, for example, work for a hospital that has been taken over by a private equity firm, you'll start to see things happen. And I speak about healthcare because that's my background. That's my expertise. You'll start to see things where the margins are being squeezed and the supplies that you might need aren't going to be there for you, but you need them because you have to do your job and because you have federal regulations upon you to do those jobs properly. And you aren't going to have any ability to say, I need this stuff to get there because they're going to say, yeah, but I don't want to pay for it. So there's this constant pressure to flow the money out of whatever entity is being run by the private equity that has come in, usually by flouting antitrust laws and taking over an entity because they're taking as much money out of what they're owning now and flowing it up to invest investors who we don't ever have to know who they are. That's the law doesn't require that we know who these people are. You could be a hospital owned by frigging Saudi Arabia. You have no idea. You have no idea. Wow. And so there's all of this money just taking over this private anonymous money, taking over all of these different sectors of our economy and squeezing the margins and therefore pressuring the people who are supposed to be doing the job so that they feel they have no agency because they don't. And the quality of the services getting done are low, but not because the people don't necessarily want to do their job. So it's so demoralizing. It's mysterious. And it's actually scary because it takes away the quality of life. The other pressure that makes this so tricky is, is that a lot of times that unknown investor behind the scenes that you don't see could be, I don't know, let's say you're a nurse and you work for the hospital and you've been noticing that the quality has gone down because you don't have the resources available that you would normally have because this private equity company has come in and started to squeeze your margins, but your husband's retired and your husband was, I don't know, a teacher or a cop or something. And so he's drawing on his pension and his pension might very well be the private equity investor behind the scenes. So it could be your husband's pension that is draining the resources you need to get your job done. And this is the stuff that our legislators, I think personally, are too stupid and too uninformed to understand is happening, but it is absolutely cutting the knees of our economy. And this is one of the things I was going to say is I, you know, I get so frustrated by hierarchy because in a hierarchical system, everybody's like, well, but people are making money. So it's okay. Well, no, it is not okay. What I just described to you should make you really concerned. And this is something that Christian Cinema was like, yeah, that's okay with me. So basically all of the, um, the paying back into the system that these private equity people should be doing, they don't have to. 
she's just like, well, you, you don't have to, I'm going to, I'm going to let you get away with not ever having to give anything back. You're tax free in your sucking up and vulturing all of the industries that you're vulturing. So there you go. That's, mm-hmm. that's my mm-hmm. <laughs> late so, at you night wanted, explanation for this. Right, late at night. Cause we are recording this at night, but you wanted to, that you said, okay, what is it in her horoscope? Why is she doing this? So I have I her horoscope. Did. I so wanted to know so why is this woman the one who's the friend is, to these people? Why is she doing this? Well, you know, she's a sun sign cancer. So all this energy to come in, um, come into the world, you know, focused on emotional and home and family security, which is very interesting because she, didn't didn't really have uh if you read her bio uh, she spent part of her childhood living in, in a like an, an abandoned gas station with no running water or something like that I, I don't know if it had utilities in there but it was you know she they didn't have a lot and um her moon is in aquarius so she has this human which is you know this is uh this is the horoscope of um princess diana princess diana the people's princess was a cancer driven by this humanitarian moon in Aquarius. So, and that's kind of what I think people thought when they, when they voted her into office the first time she ran for the Senate in Arizona. But what's interesting about her horoscope is this moon in Aquarius is in a tense, it's a, the, the technical term is a T-square, okay? So she's got the moon opposing Saturn, which is the old guard, severe, strict, ambitious, structured, and it is square to Uranus, the avant-garde. What I've observed is that people who are making news at certain during certain times when, for example, one of the patterns that's driving the action all last year and this year is this square, this 90-degree aspect between Saturn, the old guard, the structure, the controls. And Uranus, which is avant-garde, freedom, uh, the future, blast everything old away. And ultimately, Uranus wins. The future always wins, even though so the, the Saturn people can resist all they want. Eventually, they will crumble. But um, Senator Cinema has, has this tension within her. So I find it fascinating that she is so hot in the, the news because she's embodying the tension of this pattern between the old guard and the avant-garde. Because you look at her and you're like, all right, you are openly bisexual, you wear crazy outfits, you wear war, you, you know, presided over the Senate wearing a denim jacket. What is happening here? The, the dress codes are out the window. Um, and yet you are associated with private equity, these big, heavy corporate donors. It's fascinating, but you can see the tension. Now, what's happening in her horoscope right now reflecting why she was such a friend to the private equity people who presumably are backing her is that her Venus at 27 degrees of cancer, very close to the Venus in the horoscope of the United States, I believe, but don't quote me on it because I might be making that up. I might be making that up. I am making that up. Venus isn't cancer, but it's not. <laughs> don't so forget that. No, our Mercury is at 24, 24 cancer, but not Venus. Anyway, her Venus is at 27 cancer. And Pluto, the energy of extremes, power, resources, is opposing her Venus, her values. And her Venus also rules the eighth house, which is other people's money. Yeah, and she has Jupiter there. And her Jupiter is there, which was just triggered by Mars. So she's really okay with giving out lots of money or managing large amounts of money and being very beneficent to people who have large amounts of money. Yeah. And so you can see why what was going on in her horoscope 
she wanted to give these high rollers powers that be with more money than God. You know, when you think about that expression, more money than God, more money than God, they have more money than God. It doesn't mean that they have more money than God. Like they have $5 billion in their bank account and God has 50 cents. That's not (laughs) what that means. More money than God is that that's their values. They have Mm -hmm. more of the material and less of whatever God is, which is the immaterial, the transcendental, the spiritual, the God is love. Isn't that interesting? More money more than they money have than God. Than they have God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, so judgmental, but I like it. <laughs> but 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 I if like you it. yeah, we well, think about that. What are words for when no one listens anymore? Okay, so anyway, so that's Kirsten Cinema's horoscope and why it's not so surprising that she went along with the bill, but she held out for that one particular stipulation, which is you're not taking any money from my buddies in corporate capitalism. I wonder how much she actually understands the economics of what she's done. I'm not sure she's that bright. I, I'm sorry, but I just am not that convinced. But I'm also, as a jaded person who used to be on Capitol Hill and had to, to talk to these people, I, I'm also really aware that half the time they don't know what they're talking about anyway. They really don't. Some of them really do. And I don't want to take anything away from the the legislators who, who do know their stuff because they are there, but there are plenty of them there that I used to have to interview when I was a reporter. And I just think, I just realized that I know way more about this than you do because you don't even keep in touch with any of the things that you need to. It's your stupid staffers that are doing all this. And it's the lobbyists who are writing your, no, I'm serious. I was walking Alex. out of there sometimes thinking, yeah. that guy's a moron. What the hell? Know. <laughs> you know, remember when Stephen Colbert, when he was on The Daily Show, he used to do Better Know a District. He interviewed one person and, and he was asking them to name you know, four of the 10 commandments because they were all about you know, well, this is wrong because it's violating the commandments. And he's like, okay, what are they? <laughs> I couldn't name one. It's like, or maybe yeah. he made, maybe he named one and then couldn't remember the other ones. And in his entire platform was all about how whatever it was, was, you know, was, was not what was written in the Bible. And it's, it's fascinating. You're just like, Oh, okay. No, it's not fascinating. It's irritating. It is irritating. It's actually heartbreaking and you just want to crawl under the covers and never get out again ever and never, never, never deal with it. Cause you're just like, this is just, you, you're just utter despair that this is happening, but you know, you can't live your life that way. So you just have to go, well, that's interesting, isn't it? That's the only way. Well, no, that, make a joke that, out of it. Or, you, or you, you listen to astrologers like us and you go, oh, well, wait a second, because this is just part of a cycle and we must be on the down part of the cycle. <laughs> All right. So you brought up Stephen Colbert. I'm going to Brian Stelter. How do you say his name? Oh, I Brian say Stelter. We were talking about President Brian Biden's Stelter. horoscope being eclipsed. And I sent you Brian Stelter's horoscope, what right. we know of it. Okay. So take Well, it let's away. talk about the eclipses. So, no, oh, okay. All right. No, I get to- no, yeah. you you do it. I just I will say this though: the eclipses, man, they do not fail to deliver. <laughs> Holy schmollies! They just is. We we called it, and you called it in particular. The way you it. you phrased it was, when Mars triggers the eclipse of was it the eclipse of November nineteenth, or was it the eclipse of May the thirtieth? Both. Or well, April they the both, both. No, it was because they were so close. Well, they well they were both. I mean, eclipses are in effect can be in effect for a number like for years. So, and that 
eclipse that we had on November 19th was the longest one right. we had in however long yeah. it was. Oh, I went outside for that. I actually yeah. went up, I went up on the roof of my building and I, I laid on the tennis courts and I looked up at it. It was amazing. It really was. And I know you're not, some people say you shouldn't go outside during an eclipse and everything, but I laid, it was so cold too. And I laid out there on the tennis courts with my binoculars. And I just lay there looking at that incredible red, crazy moon. And then if you moved a little bit to um, the South, you could see Algol and, oh, I, 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 that was actually a really cool night. I was up there by myself looking at that eclipse, but, um, I felt it <laughs> when Mars came by and triggered it. <laughs> yes. See, so, so you were personally affected by, uh, no, yes, I was. Yes. Yes, I was. but, yes, um, so were some other people. And so, so we were had, some other people. Um, and so we were not looking no, at Brian Stelter's. So CNN, no, we so were we not. were not looking at Brian Stelter's horoscope because why would we do that? We were not tracking him, whatever. I'm sure he's wonderful. We had his birth time. We look at the whole thing, but we were not tracking him. But when he was, okay, an, an eclipse, when triggered by a transiting planet, the effect accelerates a genie jumps It's usually Mars the or the sun that we're talking That's about. That's one of the ones Mars the, in this case. Or Jupiter or Saturn or Uranus anyway, but, but Mars is the one that sparks action so a genie jumps out of a bottle a curtain falls so brian seltzer having a perfectly regular day all of a sudden boom (laughs) his his show minding his own business business, you know and a fly fly swatter just comes along and that's it his show is canceled reliable sources that's no warning apparently whatever so when this happened, I'm thinking to myself, before I look up his birth date, I'm thinking he must have been activated. He must have planets that were activated by this triggered eclipse. And he does. So he has he has uh, Mercury and Mars at 24 and 25 degrees of Leo, almost 26 Leo. Mars, so, and Saturn squaring it at 22 Scorpio. So, you know, the last couple of weeks would have been, would have been pretty oppressive. And when Mars hit 24, 25, Taurus, he was out. Yeah. Just like that. Well, he also, he has the the South node. Well, Mm -hmm. in your chart, I don't know. I'm looking at this in Placidus. Right. I know it's not whole sign houses. Everybody who knows that we have this ongoing, like, well, you use whole sign. Well, I use Placidus. So I use whole sign. So I am not looking at this in whole sign. So I'm not sure. But let's just go with this. And in this case, from yeah, the and, we, and you really and you really can't you you can't do the houses because we don't have a birth time. This is a new chart. Well, but either way, so the eclipses the the eclipses are still hitting him hard. So like he's having an a um, he's having a, a nodal return or or an opposition. Um, yeah, he will later this week. So he'll that'll probably be his new incarnation. Whatever whatever he does mm-hmm. when the when the when the nodes get to twelve, Taurus Scorpio, he'll. And may have some new thing that he does. But yeah, he has Mars at um 25 Leo. So he Almost would have definitely he would so have, Mars triggered it yeah. and mm-hmm. and his show was canceled. And it was just like the, that. Oh, and so salmon yeah. Yeah. Some I mean this just blew my mind when I go okay. So folks, if you've been listening, you know that I've been in Tennessee for most of the summer. I wasn't really paying any attention to the news while I was uh, not here in Washington and I was in the mountains and it was really beautiful and peaceful. So I don't know where I was. I was out to dinner or something with 
my husband and some other folks and somebody said, oh my gosh, someone rushed you. And I was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, well, this guy stabbed him up, you know, at Chautauqua. And I was like, what? That is berserk. That's like something that Chautauqua, that's not going to happen there. And they told me the story and I said, wow, well, gosh, it's the 12th of August. This is when Mars was going to trigger that eclipse. He must have something going on with Mars really intense in his chart. And probably he's probably got something that, you know, when I look at the chart, I'm going to see something happening around the end of Taurus. And what do you know? Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe this. So you tell us, you can explain it. No, you know, Mars, but, was a tw- um, Mars was, tri- it was in fact triggering that eclipse. Mars was at 25 degrees on August 12th. Mars was at Algol at 25 degrees of Taurus and Uranus was at 18 degrees of Taurus in the South Nose. It was at 17 Scorpio. And in that, Mm -hmm. well, he's got, he's got Mars in Taurus at 21. So he'd already had Mars pass over. He'd already had uh, his Mars return, but it's in the first house. Yes, it's it in is. the first house. So his body is is under attack or his mind or something very personal, you know, the way that, you know, it's so his, but his body was attacked, his, his, who he is in the world physically. The sun was square, his Mars, Mars had, had activated his Mars. He's had, just had a Mars return and Uranus, which refers to accidents, was, it, was it, you know, within a degree of his Mars and was, exactly opposing his Jupiter, which in his horoscope rules. Yeah. The well, house, not, not so. just accidents, but shocking events to the body. Mm-hmm. Jupiter in his chart, which was opposite this event uh, is ruled by Mars. So, you know, right. Jupiter is sensitive to Mars in his chart. Yes. And Venus, the ruler of his ascendant ha- ha- was square to it. So yeah, there's some stressors here. Um, certainly some stressors and Saturn which is the mortality limits of time controls was within less than a degree from a square to Mars. So there's a lot of pressure in this horoscope. There's a lot of stress in this horoscope, obviously. Yeah. Um, it just was, it was a sh- so shocking. To me. It was a shock. It was, it was an absolute shock. Next year, Pluto is going to square his ascendant. So that's, that's a lot of empowerment. And as Pluto squares the ascendant, Neptune is going to square his moon and sun, his Gemini moon and sun. There's a lot going on. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not inclined to make any predictions per se. I just, I just say we, I mean, we could see uh, obviously uh, uh, what's happening now, a Renaissance, uh, you know, people turning to his work and, and wanting to be, you know, you know, wanting, wanting to read his stuff again, um, which is what's happened as a result. People are reading what he has to say, books that were condemned. The late eighties, um, the satanic verses prompted the Ayatollah uh, Khomeini to put out a fatwa, meaning basically kill this man and you'll be rewarded in heaven because he has blasphemed our God and, um, same thing. I mean, this, I don't even, I actually don't, I still don't, I haven't kept up with what exactly this guy from New Jersey who attacked him and stabbed him a million times was um, doing. But um, I think he was responding to this idea that he was a blasphemer. I'm looking at solar arcs. It's got two really interesting ones happening this year. Pluto, last year, it was, it was an exact solar arc to the midheaven. 
and we were just talking about how Pluto can impact the midheaven because we were talking about the horoscope of the Biden-Harris administration that has Pluto on it right now. And so Salman Rushdie is in a similar period of life development where by solar arc, which is one way astrology, it's another way astrologers have of measuring time. Not all astrologers use that methodology. I do. I find it very useful. So he had Pluto equals midheaven last year. And next year, when Pluto goes into Aquarius and dips into Aquarius, it's going to square his ascendant. So he's in this profound period of prominence because when Pluto is active on the angles of a horoscope or any planet in the horoscope, it can bring prominence as well as empowerment. And as uh, Whitney, as you were saying, suffering extremes. Yeah. And Haish. You know, you know, what's interesting to talk about, what's interesting to talk about with Anne Haish is that it sparks a debate among astrologers as to the ethics of, should we be talking about you know, it, you know, it's like in comedy, you know, how soon is it to tell a joke about something horrible that happened? Um, how soon is it for uh, astrologers? Or, I mean, obviously, the media is going to be talking about it because that's what they do. But is it appropriate for astrologers to go in there and be kind of ambulance chasers and say, hey, let's look at this this thing that happened to this person, which was horrible and, and dissect it and see if we can see why this happened. Are you it kidding is, me? Astrologers I'm, do that all the they, time. I know <laughs> they do. I know they do. I know they do, but I thought this would be an interesting thing to talk about. The fact that there was actually in, in one of the, one of the organizations on their Facebook page, they were actually saying, well, we're not going to print her horoscope, even though you can go and get it. You know, we're not going to go and print her horoscope. And we don't really want to talk about it because this is a really terrible, awful thing that happened. And there is, and and how do you guys feel about it? Should we be dissecting it? Should we be looking at, at what was happening in her? You know, is, is it of any value? It was really interesting that, that this was so this well, is something that, it, that our, a, maybe our a, listeners I, I want to think about. You know, what do you think? Off the top of my head, I think, well, this is a public person and public people are the people that we talk about. And so I don't know why we're suddenly getting, um, you know, our knickers in a bunch over uh, examining um, a, a public person. That I, That's what we do. And, and any astrologer who learns charts does it by examining public people. I mean, or, you know, you collect the charts of the people in your life, but we're not going on the news to talk about the people in our life and explain their charts. Because, yeah, I would say that that's an ethical violation. But if you're a public person and we know the details and, it, you know, let's say she was born in Ohio. I don't know what the laws are in Ohio, but if you're a, pu- a public person, and you get born in California, or you, you happen to have been born in California. I mean, your your birth time is a public record. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. some, some states make it a public record. I, I um, it depends on you know, what you're saying, are, are we condemning her or judging her? No, that's not the reason we're doing this. We're, we're looking at it strictly from the perspective of how can we learn? She lived out, her, her soul had a map and she was meeting her own karma. And isn't it interesting to be able to see the way that astrology has provided us some insight into how particular transits can play out. If you are looking at a person's soul map and saying, you know, oh, well, this is this is a potential that was there and this is how she and her soul chose to play it out isn't that interesting and then that's it 
I mean, yeah. So, and, and so that was, that was a perfectly valid uh, answer to the question that was being raised, but it, but so just maybe our, our listeners maybe find it interesting that there is a a debate over it anyway. All right. So what was going on with Anne Hage is um, her Neptune is at 27 degrees of Scorpio. And so it was, uh, it was opposed by Mars on the 15th. And I don't know when she was was taken off. Just eclipsed then. It, it, so it was eclipsed. So she had an eclipse Neptune and Neptune in her horoscope. If you're a modern astrologer rules the sixth house, the sixth house of um, health. And so, and it's in her second house. And so already you can just look at that and go, well, that sucks. Neptune is 27 degrees of Scorpio. She has um, five planetary things in the last 10 degrees of Virgo, which has been opposed by Neptune. So there's been a bit of a meltdown and Neptune in the language of modern astrology, which you can, which is also valid for assessing potential health ailments. It's not quite the way I do it usually, but if I'm going to have my modern astrology hat on, we see that um, Neptune is the ruler of the sixth house and has been quite active in her horoscope and her Neptune ruler of the sixth house was eclipsed. Mars and Gemini, Mars and Gemini, almost immediately. So Mars and Gemini, that happened on Saturday night. Mars, whenever a planet changes signs, you, you it, it's the, the news 20th, reflects it. Was it was the 20th? The news reflects it almost immediately. So Mars is the mm-hmm. energy of aggression and combat and um, courage and assertion and action. And Gemini refers to words and documents and and education of the lower mind, not necessarily colleges, but um, but like elementary education, being a student. So one thing that we could expect to happen immediately, and it has, is we're going to be seeing a war of words or a war on words, words become weapons. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. downside. And we're seeing that. I mean, the big story that's run, that's all over the local news here in Maine, one of the big stories is, you know, the school districts are freaking out. We can't, of course, Uranus is turning retrograde so this week. So, you know, the quote unquote unconventional social expression is, is all over the news. So up there in Maine, uh, they are like, um, well, these books about puberty, we we shouldn't have them in school. We have to, we have to, we might want to ban them. And I believe it was Oklahoma. There was a teacher who has been either outright fired or definitely put on administrative leave because she told her students, hey, people, the Brooklyn Library will let you read any banned book you want if you have this QR code. So here is the QR code. And if you want to read To Kill a Mockingbird, you just get in touch with them. And Wait, is, to kill doing- a, is To Kill a Mockingbird banned? It, it's a book that has been banned. I was reading, you know, like the 20 most you know, frequently banned books. And To Kill a Mockingbird is one that is often <laughs> banned. Oh, and no, Harry Potter is book. often banned because witchcraft. No, yeah, but that, no, Harry. yeah, yeah. But the To Kill a Mockingbird, but gravy. And, and right, so you know, anyway, so what happened to the teacher? Thin, right? You know, that get, that's another, well, another I, band. No, I'm sorry. Can I, can I just, Huckleberry Finn really needed a good editor. That book, <laughs> that book is not, in my opinion, that book is not a literary um, gem. No, sorry. But I felt like I was the most, one of the most tedious reads out of the, <laughs> the late 1800 American canon. Here's a school board in Texas that's banned the Bible. 
Wait, what? You're okay, making that so, up. So among the books, I'm not, I'm looking at it. Among the books removed are a graphic novel adaptation of Anne Frank's diary, Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye, and The Bible. This is in Dallas, Fort Worth. What, what happened to the teacher in Oklahoma? Right. So she was placed on it. This is what's happening. She was quit. She was, she gave her students the QR code to access free banned books online. And then she just said, I can't. I can't go back. I'm just going to resign. The Bible. That doesn't make sense, Elizabeth. People in Texas are banning the Bible. What's Dallas going on Fort there? Worth. What do you... Dallas. Well, was it's it a ter- people. Was, well, it a, was, was it like a like an urban dictionary version of the Bible or something? I don't know. But we've been talking about how the Jupiter... Saturn great mutation of December 21st, 2020 would be launching a switch from dominance in the element of earth to dominance in the element of air. So instead of whoever dies with the most toys wins, no, but that's not, that's not it anymore. Now it's whoever controls the information, whoever controls the thoughts, whoever controls, you know, that is where the power is. And so there is a huge vested interest in certain people who, you know, the people that you were, we were talking about earlier on the show about the people who have all this money to burn. So with Mars, Mars is going to be in Gemini for seven months. The reason it's going to be in Gemini for seven months is because it's going to be retrograde. It's going to turn retrograde at the end of October and it will be retrograde until mid-January. I think the 13th of January, but don't quote me on it because I'm not looking at it. And as Mars goes retrograde, whenever Mars goes retrograde, it is the energy of action that is turned inward. It is like a quarterback that should be pulling its team, pulling the team off of the field and getting into a huddle and planning strategy and reviewing the action of the last two years. But what often happens is that the energy of action is moving backwards and people want it to move forward. And so they're like a truck spinning its wheels in the mud and they get really frustrated and they often lash out and do crazy things like initiate a divorce or they run off, uh, you know, and have this wild hot sex with somebody that because I have all this backed up energy because it's looking for an outlet. And so they go and it's the hot, the hottest, most sizzling thing they ever had. And then they decide to move to Florida with this person. And it's a really bad idea because it wasn't the time to be moving. Moving forward on that backed up energy. <laughs> oh God, what do you watch? Tell you two in the I'm morning. Not, I, I am not <laughs> when you I, can't I, sleep. I have, no, these are no. These are these are. This is actual real life observation. I am not making this stuff up. Okay, this stuff has happened. Or they run off and they quit their job and they or they get angry. You know, they're furious. They they just you know they start lashing out and instead of just chilling out and planning strategy, this Mars retrograde Mars and Gemini. Action, courage, combat through Gemini expression, i.e. words, mind. The Mars retrograde period will be, I wrote this in my forecast, I think it's going to offer everybody an opportunity to review and consider if you are really walking your talk. Mm. If your actions are truly reflecting your thoughts. Okay, the last Venus retrograde we had was in Capricorn, but the one before that was in Gemini. So that was, mm-hmm. you know, and so that was a big assessment of take a look at what's coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. it really what you mean. value? Mm-hmm. And so Gee, now Mar- Mars is like, take yeah. a look at what, you know, what, what are you walking your talk? 
Are you impeccable with your word? Do your actions support what you really believe? And what do you believe? Because on Mm. this Mars retrograde, Mars is going to be retrograde. It's going to trine Saturn three times. So that can be helpful for structuring. You want to write a book? Maybe this is the time to start working on it. Well, yeah. And Mercury is going to be retrograde, I think, twice during that period. It'll be retrograde on September 10th. And then at the end of December, we start the year with the Mars-Mercury retrograde. So anybody who thinks they're going to just rush off, you know, at the starting gate on January 1st should think again, we're not going to get going until February, which is the pattern that we've been in for the last three years. So there'll be some review and catch up, but, and, and, and catch up and mustard and maybe some pickle relish, but anyway, um, I don't know where that's coming from, but Hey, but anyway, so the other thing Mars retrograde is going to do is it's going to square Neptune and that's where things are going to get really interesting, wonderfully imaginative. Like I said, you want to write a book, you want to make, you want to make something up out of thin air. This is fabulous, but it's, it also could be fabulous in the sense of it's been fabricated and who knows, who knows what stories are going to be telling. We'll have another, it'll, it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting. If you know how to look at your chart, you listeners out there, um, figure out where Gemini is, which house that's in, because, um, what Elizabeth has just described is going to really light up that particular area. Let's say you have Gemini in the 11th house. I'm using whole signs, but you know, just generally in the chart, if you look at your chart and you like Placidus, fine. Whole sign, doesn't matter. Where is Gemini in your, in your chart? If it's intercepted, then it's, you know, figure out where it is and what house that is. Um, because you got seven months of really <laughs> focused energy on whatever that is. So if you have Gemini in the 11th house, you're going to be thinking about, do my words and actions match up how I am making social contracts? You know, what am I doing in, in the world? Am I, um, and this is a real bugaboo for me, people who just like to put on a t-shirt, Black Lives Matter, and then they don't think about how they actually are conducting their their business with people. And do they actually examine the way that they interact with people from, you know, neighborhoods that they don't normally go to. But, you know, when I see bumper sticker people, I just, I roll my eyes because that to me is just copping out. It's like, oh, I'm going to tell you this so that you think I'm this. And then I'll think, oh, I can check that off my list. I've done that. I think in the seven month period that Elizabeth has just uh, outlined for us, we're going to start seeing people really get challenged on, you say that, but do you really believe that? And we're going to see that happening in some pretty public ways, uh, especially when Mercury starts messing up and when it squares or when it gets, is it trying Saturn? Wait, let me think. It will try and Saturn. Saturn Saturn will be an Aquarius. It will try and Mars and Gemini will try and Saturn and square uh, Neptune. And this is coming up during the elections and it it turns Mm -hmm. retrograde the night before or right the night before the elections. We're right at the time of the, of the election. At the end of October. So, so early voting for some states. That's really going to be where we look at our leaders, our people who want our attention and to be our powerful people. And then we're going to say, finally, you know, I think there's, because the media sucks at their job, but we're, or, or their intended job, maybe their job has never been to actually report the news in general at the corporate level. I know plenty of reporters know that that's their job, but there are a lot of corporate people who just see it as a way to make money. But this is what I'm predicting is, is that there's going to be a lot more emphasis on you say that you haven't really demonstrated that. So how do we know we should trust you? And I think that we're going to start finding people demanding that, you know, these things sync up. 
Go yes. Ahead, I'm off my soapbox. And and people are willing to, well, we're seeing it now and we're going to see it even more between now and the general election. A lot of people are registering to vote that haven't been doing anything about what they say they believe, but they're registering to vote. Women are, a lot of women are. So the thing that was really cool, I thought, was that Americans are concerned about democracy. This is becoming an election. (laughs) You don't say. It's like they, it's like the message is somehow sunk in. And and I just saw this today that um, it's the top concern in certain polls are like, yeah, we we don't know if we're going to have a, a, a democracy. And there was another thing that I tagged uh, where it was, uh, I think it was, I think it, it, it talking about the war on words. Um, oh, I know. I referenced it in the forecast I posted on Monday. Um, the New York Times Magazine did an in-depth article on the Arizona Republican Party and how they are challenging the very word democracy. There, there is a war on this word. They're arguing. Wait, it, they're, wait. they're attacking the war. Unpack have, that. It's use. It's definition. It's application. Heck, I'm gonna have to check that out. Here's what I wrote in the forecast. Back to the Mercury-Neptune patterns and the potential for delusion. Add in the fact that Mars just entered Gemini. And perhaps you may recall that I expected that Mars, war, aggression, in Gemini, words, was likely to be reflected in stories about a war on words. So check out this story from the New York Times Sunday Magazine. Quote, the Arizona Republican Party's anti-democracy experiment. Subhead, first, it turned against the establishment. Now it has set its sights on democracy, the principles, the process, and even the word itself, unquote. I don't even think I understand that. I'm not even sure what's happening. The fact that the headline is here is here we have a war on the word democracy is, oh, hello, Mars and Gemini. And oh, by the way, Mercury is opposed to (laughs) and it's crazy, but in my opinion, but that's just me. And maybe some other people too. So yet again, we did not get to the horoscope of the world, which is a question one of our, our listeners has asked. So I will put something about that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Um, if you would like to check out Elizabeth's forecast, it's a weekly look at the correlation between the transits and what's happening in the news. You can go to graceastrology.com, G-R-A-C-E astrology.com, all one word. Her forecast is exactly what this podcast is based on because she has been over a decade now just nailing it every week saying this is what you're going to see in the news or this is why you saw what you saw in the news. And uh, then what we like to do here on the podcast is expand it beyond that so that you realize, wait a second, if she can tell us what's going to be in the news before it's in the news, then what's really happening behind the news? That's why you listen to us. Because these are bigger cycles. You know what we didn't do much of? We didn't do enough laughing and there's lots to laugh at. Like, here's a joke, okay? We did not laugh enough okay. today. And I don't and I don't know why we didn't just giggle and laugh. Well, because we've been on the phone or we've been talking to each other for about like four we've, hours today. We've been talking, <laughs> about, talking about it now at night. Like, yeah, we've been talking about what it's like to be eclipsed. And so we haven't been able to talk about silly things like, you know, Dr. Oz and his crudités, you know? Like we should have been like tearing that apart, but we right. didn't. Here is, okay, so here's... Here is my here's my joke. You ready? Uh-huh. How many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Oh uh, wait, I should know this, I guess, because um 
oh, this is probably something like the bicycle and the fish. I don't know, like who needs a light bulb? I don't know. I don't know. That's not funny. <laughs> you know, you I, just I, reminded I, I, me. I had a dream. I had a dream about <laughs> Gloria Steinem the other night and it was a cool dream. She was an Aries pioneer. Yeah, amazing. She's like nine cool. years old now. Anyhow, graceastrology.com and uh, Grace and I both are consulting astrologers and we probably don't push that enough. We probably don't <laughs> plug, you know, toot our own horns enough. Um, and you can find me at ensouledastrology.com. This show is a part of the Ensold Universe off the charts, a stellar newscast. You can find it at ensold.substack.com. And that is it for this episode number 14. We are exhausted. <laughs> we are ready to go to bed. So we will see you next time on episode 15. And thank you all so much for being there for us. We have a fantastic group of listeners. We love you all so much. And we love every week seeing more and more of you subscribe. So thank you. Thank you for all the wonderful emails and the hearts that we get. We like hearts. We like comments. And look up. Look up. <laughs>